so this is uh, John chapter 8, verses 12 through 30. That's correct, right? Yeah, you got it. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know from where I come from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I came from um, or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of the two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they said to him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases Him. Even as He spoke, many put their faith in Him. At the beginning of this time together, I want us to just take less than a minute to go back to what I thought about in the last two weeks. I am. I am particularly, I'm going to read Luke today, I'm going to particularly look at um, verse 12 of chapter 8, but I had them read the whole of it so we can get the context and come back to I am what Jesus says. Says they will see and they will believe that He is and that I am is Yahweh. So Jesus makes a further statement here in verse 12 of what, who this I am is. And next statement he says, he says, I am the light of the world. I know most of you realize in the bulletin I put capital T-H-E for me. 
that do not serve the Islamada, that do not serve other lights that we see are less superior than the light who is Christ. And I want us to see today as we hear, he says, I am the light of the world. Yahweh is the light of the world. And Jesus puts that forward. And at the time that Jesus puts that forward, it's, we are told in chapter 7 that he's at the Feast of Tabernacles. We are told that he's at this place where they would celebrate this feast, and one of them was the Tabernacles. And during the Tabernacles, there was a time of illuminating the temple where they would put giant. I've got some pictures to show you here. Can you see them very well? But yeah, I thought they would be better than that. Where they would have these giant menorahs where uh, they would put up the lights and they would light the sea and people would rejoice and be joyful and they would think about their journey in the wilderness or celebrate that God, that God saved them and brought them through the wilderness. They would think about the pillar of fire that they experienced in the wilderness. There was joy, there was brilliance, there was a shining light, and it would illuminate the entire scene. So it was a big thing. And in this celebration, the children of Israel, they danced and praised God. But most of all, it was a reminder for them that God had promised to send light. That God had promised to send light in this dark world full of sin. He was a reminder to them that God would send the Messiah who would renew the covenant and the glory of Israel and release them from bondage and leave them in light. I want you to think about this. This is when this is happening. Now, I want you to imagine this is happening in all this. And then Jesus says and announces, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. I bring, I am the source of light. I, I bring the lost out of darkness. And he says this at the, at the end of this week, and he says, I am the light of the world. What you see as a picture here has been fulfilled. John 8 off. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whosoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Not just light, but the light of life. He said that during the ceremony, the Levites and the priests would use some of their own torn clothes as wigs to make that light come up. You know, you would put a, a wig on the end and put oil in, so they would use some of their torn clothes. And for me, as I read that, it came to me that Jesus did not just use some of his old torn clothes, he used his body. He used his body to set a light. This illumination, he had his body torn for us to set a light this illumination. Not just the old clothing like the priest did, but he used his own flesh and blood. He says, I am the light of the world. The fulfillment of what Israel was looking at at that time. 
So as we look at that, I want us to turn to, to put this into two kind of pieces. The first piece of the scripture I want to look at is what Jesus says when he says, I am the light of the world. The second part that I want us to look at is what he says when he says, whosoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So I'm going to start with, I am the light of the world, because that pertains to him. This is one of the few times where Jesus says, I am, but also he says, you are, and we're going to see that. It's kind of like almost the same thing here. Let's go back a little bit. Book of John is really interesting about light, Jesus being the light, and the I am statements of Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Jesus here is explaining Jesus. John says, in the beginning. And I want to submit to you that in the beginning, when he says in beginning, there was the word, and the word was with God, and he shows Jesus as eternal with no beginning and no end. The source of light, which is the life of man, has no beginning and has no end, and it is Jesus. He has no origin. There is no, I know, the, the, the Jewish leaders would say to him, are you not the son of Joseph? They did not know who they were talking about because he has no beginning, he has no origin, and he has no ending. All things, that's the second thing that John shows us, that all things were made through him. All things were made through him. He is the, the light that creates He's not created. He is the creator. There is supremacy in that. He is the creator. Colossians 1, 15 through 20, the supremacy of Christ. This is what um, he says, Paul says. The son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn amongst the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. God was pleased to see his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We hear that the priests at that time, during the time of illumination, would tear their old clothes and use them as wigs. And this reminds us again that Jesus did not just do that. He used his own body. And the Bible tells us in John that in him was life. 
That light that we talk about is the source of all life. It speaks of spiritual life, but also it speaks of natural life, physical life. He is the source of both spiritual and physical life. He is life and light. That's who he is. In the darkness, the light shines, but the darkness did not comprehend it. That word was a little bit confusing for me, so I looked it up. What he meant by that it did not comprehend it. It's a Greek word. It's kalamabino, and it's, it speaks of the following things. Number one, it speaks of that it could not lay hold of. Lay hold speaks of trying to make something your own, to obtain it, to attain it, to make it your own. The darkness could not make the light its own. It could not attain it. It could not appropriate it because it's not, it doesn't belong to it. Second, that word speaks on seizing upon something, taking possession the darkness could not take possession of the light. The seizing upon and the taking possession speaks of the power and the influence that is lying behind what helps us make decisions and makes up our minds. It speaks of governing. The darkness could not govern the light. Number three, the darkness could not detect it. Number four, the darkness could not lay hold of it, could not understand it, could not perceive it, could not comprehend it, could not learn it. That is why Jesus says that the good news of the gospel seems foolishness to those who are perishing because they cannot understand it. And praise God, we've been given an opportunity to experience this light, to be part of this light. Therefore, if, if, if the darkness could not lay hold of it, could not seize it, could not uh, lay hold of it with the mind, then obviously that tells us that light triumphs over darkness. Light has victory over darkness. Light breaks through in a time of darkness and has victory. Darkness cannot stay at the same place with light. When the light comes, darkness is, darkness is expelled. When we switch off the lights in this room, luckily we've got these glass-stained glass windows that are amazing that bring in light, but if we're to cover them and switch off the lights here, it will be pitch dark. This place can be pitch dark. And then when light comes in, it's like it's a new, you start to see things that you had not seen before. And that is the light of Christ in our lives. But I want to go back again and, and, and walk, don't walk too fast, Sims. Hold it back, hold it back. All right. Uh, it's, called, um, it's called holy restrain. I'll restrain myself here and go back again to Scripture. John chapter 12, 34 to 36. They are asking him, is the Messiah going to live forever? There's a statement there that I really love that Jesus says. The people answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say the son of man will be lifted up? Who is the son of man? Then Jesus said to them, listen to this. 
a little longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtakes you. He who walks in, dar in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you become the sons of light. When Jesus spoke these things and departed and was hidden from them. So he says, a little longer the light will be with you. And he goes on and says, while you have the light, believe in the light. Jesus, in a way, here is telling them that the source of light, who is me, is going to be here, but it's going to be for a short time. He was talking about his earthly ministry coming to an end. But then he says to them, while you are here, believe. While I'm here, believe. And then he says, then you may, become, you may then become sons of light. What does light do for us? Light brings clarity. In light, there is no ignorance. Light brings clarity. You get to see the legal details and everything. God being light, we are laid bare to him. Also, what does light do? Light separates darkness. There is a separateness that comes with light. And he wants to bring that light even to the dark corners of our hearts. So he tells them that this light has come, believe in it so you can be sons of the light. But then he, he kind of like, like hints at that he's not going to be here with them. But then he goes on, which is part two of uh, chapter eight that we read. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. He does not just bring the light. He invites us that we do not walk in darkness. Reminding me again of Psalm 119 and Psalm 43.3, uh, Psalm 119, the law, the, um, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Send your light, O Lord. You, it reminds us of all those things about light that he has said. So he says the light has come and you could be, you could be the people that are walking in that light. There's a possibility for us to walk in that light. John 12, 14 through 50. Oh, sorry, not 14 through 50. John 12, 44 through 50. That would be a long reading. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in he who sent me. And he who sees me, sees he who has sent me. I have come as light into the world. That whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me does not, reject, does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken in my own authority, but the Father who gave me a command that I should say what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Jesus again comes back and he says, I am the light and I have the light. I have brought the light into the world. So when we believe in Jesus, 
we start to live in the light. We leave our darkness and we step into the light. We become children of light. In Ephesians 5, 8, Paul says, once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. We are invited to walk as children of the light. Yes, Jesus said that I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here just for a moment. The light will be here while the light is here. But also take heart because then he says, he goes on to say is that you will be sons of the light. And what does sons of the light look like and mean for us when we say we are children or sons of the light? Of the light? A son, when you say so-and-so is son of so-and-so, people would say Nziga is son of Sims. And why? Because he looks like his father mostly. You can see him there and you're like, oh yeah, definitely. And, and, and it's not only the looks, but also there are some characteristics. I didn't know I was going to confess this, but I'll bring it to the light. I hope my son does not watch this while, you know. So I was talking to my grandma and I was like, hey man, yeah, grandma, this boy is just like, there's a lot here. I am really frustrated. And I, and I jokingly say to her, well, if you hear that I'm wearing orange jumpsuits, it's because of that boy. <laughs> and she said to me, calmly and very straightforwardly, you reap what you sow. <laughs> so in one way or the other, I tried to like, no, no, and then she started counting. Do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Do you? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so one of the things that happened is this past Sunday during youth, I'm standing in the gym as I come down and the youth are doing their thing and I'm standing there in the gym, I was going to speak to the youth and and I don't know, something in my heart is like, yeah, look at the floor. And as I'm looking at the floor, I see he wrote his name with a red permanent marker on the floor. And I take a picture of it, I send it to his mom, like, hey, look at our son. Isn't it wonderful? And, and so these little things that happen that become huge things, and by the way, he denied it. He said it wasn't him. And I'm like, Nziga, there is no any other five-year-old who knows how to spell your name. There is no other way. This is you. We can tell with the handwriting it is you, and he still stood his ground. He is not. And so I say to him, well, because you have lied to me, you will scrub the floors of that place. And he will do it. And so, as I was telling my grandmother these things over this weekend, and she's like, <laughs> I won't tell you what she said, but it was along the lines of, you reap what you saw. So, when we talk about sons of God or children of God, it's the expression of the characteristics of the father whew, in the son or the daughter. Light is a character of God. God is, one of his characters is light. Remember in Exodus 34 when Moses went to see the Lord and when he came down, the Israelites could not look at him because he was reflecting the light 
and they asked him actually to put a veil over his face. Am I right? We remember that. So we see God as one of his characteristics is that he is light. James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift comes from above. It comes from the Father of all lights, creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation or raising or setting of a shadow that is cast, sorry, a shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and he never changes. That is who we are sons of. That is who we, we, we look like him, we smell like him, we behave like him because we are sons of light. Are you a son or a daughter of light today? So Jesus did not only say, I am the light of the world and leave it there. In Matthew 5, actually before he said, I'm the light of the world, in Matthew 5, he says that you are the light of the world. Listen to this, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good, your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are children of the light. We are called to shine the light in this dark world. I like the way Eugene puts it. He says, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, do you think I'm going to hide you under a bucket? Do you? Marianne, not your bucket, Marianne. I am putting you on a light stand. Now that I have, I have put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. But then he says, keep an open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God, this generous father who is in heaven. So in a way, he's saying to us, when we open up to others because of the influence that is in us, when the light shines from us, it's like twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Have people asked you that you are a twinkle, twinkle, shining star? I wonder what makes you shine like that. If you have not been asked that by your colleagues in the world that is dark, there is something that you need to look at. We should be people who are bringing light so that people are amazed and ask us, where is this coming from? You are different I know Jesus, before he said you are the light, he said you are the salt. You taste different. You feel different. You respond different. Why? Because I have the light of life. And can I share this light with you? Brothers and sisters, we are called to be the light of the world. He gave us the torch that's illuminated by his blood and has the wicks of his body broken for us. It will not, it will not, it will not be defeated by darkness. The world that we're living in, 
The, po the time that we're coming in, even the, the political time we're coming in is very dark, brothers and sisters. This is 2024. It's a year of elections. And we have seen what happened in 2020. Actually, I, I believe that we're going to have a little bit more than that. It's going to be dark. It's going to need you and me to not base our thoughts on anything else, but on that we are children of the light. We are to be different. Jesus says, I am the light. And then he says, you are. Me and you are his representatives and we are the light. Are we the same as everybody else in the world? Paul says this, Philippians 2, 14 through 16. He says, do everything without murmuring and questioning uh, the providence of God so that you may prove yourself blameless and guiltless and innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish in the midst of this morally crooked and spiritually perverted generation among whom you are seen as bright lights, beacons shining, shining clearly in the world of darkness. Are we those beacons? Can our neighbors say that we are those beacons that shine brightly? Can our colleagues at work, at school, can they say that we are those people that shine brightly? Why are people not asking you, Twinkle, Twinkle Star, I wonder how you are, what you are? Why are people not asking you that? Is it because you've blended in and you've put your light under the bushel? You've put your light under the bucket? Is that the reason? Are we so afraid to be not part of the head, the society, that we, we fit in without even thinking about it? We are called, in Romans 12, Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is a renewable service. And in that way, he's saying to us, give yourself over. Don't, and then he goes on and says, your, let your mind be renewed. And Eugene puts it in a way that he says, don't just fall into whatever the world is doing without even thinking about it. Because... Here's my addition, because you are a child of light. You are not like the dark world. Why do we want to behave like the dark world? Why do we want to, to, be, to be so associated with the dark world that there is no difference between us? There is difference between light and darkness, brethren. Why are we putting ourselves in a place where darkness and light seem to be mixed together? It is not mixed together. We are called to be different. There is a lifestyle that we are called to. The result of new birth brings a different lifestyle, a lifestyle of light worth the light of God in us. First John is written to, to describe part of that lifestyle. Listen to this, First John 1, 5 through 7. He says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is not darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, he is light 
We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. A few things to note here. Number one, when we walk in the light, we are people who walk in fellowship with one another. Fellowship means being together. Fellowship does not mean we are the same. Fellowship means we are different, diverse, but unified. Fellowship means we can sit at a table together and enjoy being with each other. And, and, and I'm going to be very, I'm not usually very candid about, about poly, politics in the U.S., but I'm going to be very candid today because I really feel that I need to. One of the things that we do is we have divided ourselves, even in the church, by that you are a Democrat, you are a Republican, you are an Independent. We are not all that. That's not our identity. We are children of the light, and we are called to be in fellowship with one another. Your brother might disagree with you about certain things, but they are your brother. When we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Do you have fellowship with believers? What does fellowship with one another look like for us here at Broadway? And he says you have fellowship with one another, and then the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us. When we have fellowship with one another, there is light that is shone into some of the areas that are dark by other people that God has called in our lives that are different from us, that see things differently. It's okay to have people who see things differently because they can shine the light on things that we are missing. Because none of us can stand and say, I have no sin, I have nothing that I miss, because then you make God a liar. And the truth is not in you. So when you have people that are different with you, they can shine light to those things that you ignore or you choose to ignore or you try to avoid. And when that light is shone in them, your response should be going to Jesus and saying, hey, Lord, here it is. It's in the light. Forgive me, cleanse me, and purify me, make me whole. And then his blood, the blood of his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It comes from walking in the light. Walking in the light means that we are not controlled by the desires for the things of this world that includes power and influence. We are rather controlled by what he has called us to be the likeness of his son. Christ did not come merely to cover our sin. He did not come just to justify, but also to sanctify, which is a hard work. Not only to acquit us, but to reform us and change us to his likeness through that light that shines in our hearts and in our lives. Walking in the light means that we see things the way God sees them and we respond the way he would respond. We walk in the light when we hate sin that we fall into, when we hate it, and also when we name it for its ugly thing that it is, and we agree with him and turn from it.
Brothers and sisters, we are called to be people of the light. Light brings everything to bear. We see everything. The way we respond to Jesus is seen in how we dispense of this light. The light of Christ wants to continue to show the areas of darkness in our hearts. Are we willing and open to let that light shine in those areas where we have hid in darkness? Do you walk in darkness or are you walking in the light of the Lord? Are you going your own way? Are you going the, light, the way of Christ, which is the way of light? Today, as we finish up, I want to remind us, the worship team can come forward. I want to remind us, this light of the world came for us. And he turned around and said, I leave that with you. There is a torch. Are you carrying the torch high or are you hiding it under a bushel? Are there times or some people that when you get around, you try and hide your light? Or is your light shining so that all men will see, not just see your truth, will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven? Light is seen, yes, by walking in the truth, because light is truth, but truth is exercised by works. They will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It is useless to have the truth and not exercise it. It is, it is like having medicine while you're sick and not take it. You can keep it in your cabinet all you want. It's not going to do anything for you until it gets into you. The truth of the light is evident in the walk. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's not something that we just think about and know here. It is something that we, we, we know here. It drops here and it drops here. We walk in the light. I invite you, brothers and sisters, walk in the light. That's what we are called to do.